and welcome to the Life Laundry podcast. I'm Gemma. I'm Chippy. Um, I have not had any car-related slash driving dramas this week. I mean, you've been so supportive of me throughout it all, Gemma. What? <laughs> I I thought you were referring to the fact that I've had... My, I mean, my, my car-related dramas make you all car-related dramas look... What car-related dramas? Oh, Gemma. What's happened? Okay. Oh, it, like life changing, I find. Probably what? won't be life changing in a couple of weeks. Are you sitting comfortably? Yes. Then I'll begin. What happened? Friday night, first night out with the girls, as in school mums, mm. uh, since I moved. And because I don't drink anymore, I said to people that I would drive them. Okay. We go to the pub, we have a really nice time. I drop everyone home. I'm driving home about half past 12 and I realised that someone's following me. What? Well, so I, I've had problems on that road before. So I, so it's a dual, it's a, it's a bypass. So I slow down to 40, the car doesn't overtake and I'm making plans because obviously I'm like, I can't go home because then they'll know where I live. And Have they followed, you've been following you back from the pub. No, just dropping my friend off. So then I was like, okay, I've got to go to my mum's where my brother-in-law is and he's like a gentle giant, but he's massive. So I've just got to phone him up. It's one in the morning, get him to come out onto a road and like stand next to my car because this is obviously someone bad. Anyway, gets the end of the bypass, blue lights go on. It's the police. And I was like, oh, okay, they're going to breathalyze me fine I haven't drunk for three months they're going to think that I was drunk driving because I slowed down but so I wasn't that worried I was shaking because I thought they'd been following me and they said okay sorry so yeah. it's an unmarked car no oh. it's a police car but they were four by four and so, so you couldn't tell it was a police car. so I couldn't tell what right. it was like it's a big car couldn't see anything and they were to be fair I did say to them you were driving so close to me that I couldn't see that you're a police car. Anyway, I'm not too worried until they say, have you got insurance? And I was like, yeah, I've had the same insurance for 20 years. It auto renews. And they went, oh, okay, that's fine. It's just your car's showing up as not having any insurance. And I was like, oh, okay, I'll just find the documents. Can't find the documents. Turns out the car insurance company, Direct Line, who have insured my car for the past 20 years, decided not to auto-renew, sent me a letter, never received, sent I'm me having an a e massive deja vu here. Have we had this conversation before? No, I don't think so. Um, sent me an email that I didn't receive, and I was like, I know I didn't receive it because I spent an hour going through all my emails, all my present emails, all my trash emails, all my junk emails with two policemen. So definitely didn't get an email. Was this on the side of the road that you, you had to check all this? On the side of the road, one o'clock in the morning, two degrees outside. I was like, I'm not getting out of my car because I re I, I'm, I do too many murder stuff. So, and they were like, that's fine. Um, and she said, but we do have to repossess your car. What? And I, what? And she said, well, you don't have insurance, so I have to repossess your car. And I was like, no, no, no no this is my only car I've got three children at home I can't you can't take my car I have every kind of insurance I have every kind of insurance I'm not that like and she was like okay if you can show me that you're insured I can let you drive off and I was like but I can't get through to direct the line they, they their lines close at five and oh. there's no emergency number and blah, blah, blah. and she was like I'm not supposed to tell you this, but why don't you Google daily car insurance? And I was like, okay. So I just got car insurance for two days and showed it to her. But I now have, she gave me six points on my license. I already have three speeding points. Oh, shit. So I now have nine points. So I can't. How are you allowed? I, if I get any more, my license goes for three years. 
chippy, chippy. So, but how long do, do they expire after a certain amount of time? Three years. What? Three years. So you've got to stay, not get any points three years? Not do anything wrong in three years. You're okay. And I have to say, it's not an excuse, but driving at low speeds when you have attention deficit disorder is really fucking difficult. Because you've not got cruise control on your car, but that would be difficult around time. Loads of people were really sweet and were like, you just put in cruise control like, or, or a speed limiter. And I, my car's too old, I don't have that. Anyway, I said to, so my husband was like, look, it's phone up direct line because all they have to do is they have to get their underwriters to write to the police and say that there was a glitch in the system, blah, blah, blah. They won't because they sent they sent us letters. They sent letters to our old address. So Joe went to our old address, no letters. And I had Royal Mail forwarding service. But they say, say that they sent us the letters and they won't move on that. And it's my word against their word. And I was just like, I've paid you so much money every month for 20 years to ensure everything and I, I really like driving is the one it's always been my safety net when I hated university I paid extra to have my car there because it was my escape route and now I just feel terrified I yeah. feel terrified all the time I wake up anxious all the time because I'm like, and it's no excuse. I shouldn't speed. I'm not saying that speeding is acceptable. I've done my speed awareness course. I understand why the things are there, but this is like it, it feels it, like it, it's the injustice of it. Yeah, and it's the fact that I have no buffer. If I got caught speeding two more times and I had nine points on my license, I'd be ticked off with myself. But it would be my own fault. Whereas this. And nearly having my car repossessed. And they were like, they were like, she, and she, rightfully, the policewoman was really sweet. And she rightfully said, like, imagine if this had happened and you'd had an accident or you'd hit someone. Mm. And you gave them your insurance details. And they, it wasn't valid, which would have been absolutely awful. But I just really resent it, the fact that it's clearly direct line. And I hate the six points. I'd rather pay a fine. You know what I mean? And I hate the fact that it's like, oh, you're really irresponsible. And Direct Line kept saying things like, but did you not check your standing order didn't go out? And I was like, it went out in September. And the whole point of a standing order is so that I'm not having to make payments manually every month. When did it expire? 10th of September. And the thing is, I uh, it's like I'm am I I shouldn't be driving because my husband was like they can't do that they can't give you six points and I was like well was I driving without insurance yeah I was is that is that like the um, standard thing yeah six points I just hate it hate driving around and like there's an area near us that's a dual carriageway. And they did building works on it a couple of weeks ago and they left the 40 mile an hour limit things up. So I have to go at 40. So I literally am being overtaken by people beeping. And Joe's like, oh no, look, no one else is going at 40. You don't have to go at 40. And I was like, if I get caught going over 40, then my license is gone for three years. It's just, and it's, you know, that I object to because it's like you've left your signs up it's a it's a 70 and you've left your signs up and it's actually I nearly crashed today because someone was feeding onto the dual carriageway up a ramp and someone was overtaking me really fast and because I was going so slowly I couldn't pull out in front of the person overtaking me because they were going too fast but the person coming up the ramp was going faster than me so I was like, I'm just causing, it's d- more dangerous for me to be, do you know what I mean? I just, it's been really upsetting. But, so also we had talked about in the last episode how a man is trying to sue me because of my dog. No, we didn't. Did we? I would talk about it. I think we did it off. A legal letter from a guy who thinks my dog bit him, she didn't, on Wednesday. And then this happened on Friday 
and I saw my sister for lunch on Saturday and she was clearly like something's not right and she was like I'm gonna I'm gonna clean for you and I was like no 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 just she was like I'm gonna do some it's easier to do someone else's house my house is like a shit tip she was like it's easier to do someone else's house and I had friends coming to stay on Monday that I had to pick up from the airport blah 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 and I was like no let's just sit and have a drink not a drink drink have a cup of coffee blah 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 and then after lunch I was so knackered and she went I'm just gonna I'm just going to sort out your sitting room because I've got this like I've got a tiny kids playroom mm. and then I've got a big nice sitting room that we never sit in because it's when I moved from there to my office everything just got dumped in there and I was like no 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 and she's like I'm just going to tidy it and listen to a podcast I was like oh, okay she just she cleared all the surfaces she furniture polished all the surfaces so it had that like furniture mm. polish smell she hoovered uh she put everything in one big pile on my husband's desk I don't know about Mike but if Joe does tidying he a starts with my stuff so all my stuff that I know where it is he'll start with that put it all in the bin and then everyone <laughs> then he'll get bored and everyone else's stuff is left out so I'm like right so what you've done here is you've tidied my work stuff into the bin and you've everyone else's shit is still lying right great she put all of the stuff on Joe's desk so I felt karmic retribution. My mum comes down, sees, assesses the situation, sees what's going on, gets the ironing board out. Irons all the sheet. Are we saying that they they both recognise that you'd fallen into a hole here? Yeah. Right, okay. She started ironing, she did all the washing up, she cleaned my kitchen. And that evening, I my husband lit me a fire and I sat in my grown-up living room clean because also i watched we in the evening why we tend am to, i getting emotional here. i felt i i felt really emotional because also um often we sit in the playroom it's next to the kitchen we sit in the playroom at the end of the day because the kids have had the tv on and it's close to the kitchen we just flop on the kids sofa and because and it stresses me out there's toys everywhere there's lego on the floor and I do try and think about what you always say, which is like, it doesn't have to look like no one lives there. It's the playroom. It's fine for it to have toys in it. But you know that feeling when you're sitting amongst it all yeah. day. And I just sat on this sofa in front of a fire with all these clean surfaces. And I did an Instagram story about it, actually. And I th- and I said, and I stand by this, is quite often... A, I, you know, I get ranty about mental health day when they say it's okay to not be okay. And if you need help, reach out. And at my most depressed, I've not even been able to formulate a sentence. So the thought of going to someone I like and know and saying, by the way, I'm really depressed, awkward. Yeah. It's just not going to happen. And it's the same. I, I was never going to say I need help cleaning my house not even it was not even cleaning it was just surfaces piles of stuff that everywhere I looked I was like I need to sort that out and and especially if you have attention deficit sort of like I can't just go right tidy this pile I'll tidy something to another pile then I'll see that pile then I'll so my life is just bouncing around and I would never have been able to vocalize that and I thought the thing is if you have a friend who needs who's low and I literally was just like I cried and I don't I'm not much of a crier not against crying but it's just I'm not much of a crier and I just felt really flattened by life I really felt like unable to function and my sister's an artist she didn't go, oh, I'll paint you a picture. I think we feel like I'm, I can't help my friend. I can't help them because I'm not a lawyer. I can't help them because I'm not a blah, blah, blah. But what she did was just help me by tidying. And I, and I think that's the thing is your friend doesn't necessarily need you to be good at something professionally to help them. Doing something like 
tidying up a room and she was like I don't know where anything goes so I've just made a pile but the fact that I then had a space to sit in that didn't have it wasn't overwhelming wasn't overwhelming it felt cozy um and that my mum who's really tough and she does the ironing for me a lot because she's an iron she used to iron my dad's pants I'm not an ironer. She cannot uh, resolve herself to this. That she is cannot fathom. No, she has spawned a non-ironer, and she is not okay with this. Um, and usually she'll be like, "Well, I'll come and iron. Joe's got to have shirts to wear." And I'm like, "Well, he can iron his own fucking shirts. He does a lot for you. All right. Well, look at my pelvic floor, love. He's not done that much. Like, he doesn't piss when he laughs, does he?" anyway um and the fact that she just came in got the ironing board out did it no snarky comments do you know what I mean and I just thought god I always think and I've been telling myself about it today because this has knocked me so much that I was like god you're useless you've got so many friends like my friend who's a really hot shot lawyer it's really funny he's helping me with the dog claim he's like a really hot shot lawyer and he's helping me with this dog claim. And he's like, I had to check the wording on it because I don't really do this sort of stuff. He's usually like in court representing world leaders. He's like, I don't usually do this sort of stuff. I'm like, okay. And I just was like, I'm not, you know, I'm just this fucking useless makeup, skincare, eh, waste of space on the planet. And it, was so nice. It was just so nice that my I I didn't need someone. I, do you see what I mean? I didn't need someone to do something other than just anything to help me. Little things, you know. So that tidying the room, doing the ironing, cleaning the kitchen surfaces, it just made such a difference. And I thought, oh, I bet. There are loads of people who think they can't help their friends because they're not a doctor or a lawyer or a specific mm. thing to relate to the problem that their friend's going through. But God, it made it made such a difference. I cannot tell you. There was a moment, I'm sure I've talked about it before, when I just had my first child. And it was December, I had him in November. And Joe was away with work a lot. So I went to my mum's and the baby was like four weeks old, less. And she lit a fire and I would just lie on my mum's sofa with my feet up, with the baby asleep on me. And she would like bring me food at mealtimes on a tray and the fire would always be lit and I could just rest. And it was so what I needed. And my family's just not, they're very caring, but they're very much like, are you bleeding out your eyes? get up and go like you will go you will go on a parade with a broken leg because it's what expected of you you know um and that my sister did just that evening of sitting and working in front of a fire in a clean room will stay with me forever because it was so I could never have vocalized the word I, I can't think of the word it's definitely a feeling I had a similar feeling after I had Johnny, funnily enough, and my mum had knitted a blanket and it was, she'd not intentionally made it a weighted blanket because I don't think she knew what that was, but she, she'd knitted it and then she'd filled it with wadding and then back, yeah. I've still got it. I mean, it's in the most God awful colours, but we can look we can look past it. It's like really bright neons. <laughs> anyway, but it was a heavy blanket and I remember having Johnny same on my chest and just feeling so warm and protected and safe mm. in the environment with this blanket mm. sense I think yeah because that's why weighted blankets are so good is that feeling they create but it is that thing of like um, I know we've talked about it before and you definitely know about it from being a doula and doing your antenatal stuff but There's a lot, I mean, yes, you should rest after having a newborn baby and blah, 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 but there's just something about, 
I don't know. I don't know many husbands that deliver that thing of like, you can just be here and be tucked in and safe and flat with the baby. Do you know what I mean? And like nurtured mm. that feeling of like, it's safety and relaxing and not having to think about, oh, but I've got to get up and feed the yeah essentially someone else is looking after you and your mom and your sister provided that female maternal energy that you needed at that time yeah without me without you having to say anything they she literally kept saying to me come on it's just really easy to do someone else's house it's not yours you know it'll take it won't take very long and I kept being like, no, you've come here for lunch. Let's just sit and chat. Um, and so it was just so nice. And I keep, and I was just feeling really low about it all on Saturday night. And I was sitting in front of the fire and I was like, how lucky that A, my sister was down from London, that I have a sister who will do that for me, that I have these two women who would, you know, it's very easy to focus on woe is me. I don't have a dad and I miss him, but like how amazing that I have these two women that will swoop in and, and they like, they would swoop in if I was having a crisis, I can phone either of them and be like, I'm in the hospital or something's happened and they will absolutely swoop in. But it was that sort of silent need that you get when you're really low um and usually I deal with that by myself so I think that's what was really interesting is that usually I just shut myself away and because I was in London it was easier yeah my sister wouldn't my sister was in London but she wouldn't see me I would avoid that state and my mum would be in Hampshire and I just would yeah so yeah, that's my that's been my last couple of days. That's why I thought when you said at the beginning there's been no car related incidents. No, I wasn't being a bitch. I was just like I hadn't had any road rage incidents. But I did watch your stories, and at, at no point have you mentioned the hedgehog. Ah, well, this was the sad thing, right? I went out to the pub. I thought I was really worried about not drinking because they're new mum friends, and. It's easy to it's it's easier to drink yeah. takes the edge off yeah and and so I was really worried about not drinking they all got shit faced which was great I think um, there's nothing funnier than being sober and watch people get more and more drunk it's like it's isn't in itself entertaining my friend <laughs> my friend who I drove home last who with the hedgehog she at one point just was like I can't even. I was like, "What? What was that?" And she's like, "I just don't know what the end of the sentence is." I was like, "Okay, Mama's driving you home. It's okay. I don't even know what the end of the sentence is." Um, and so that was fine. And I actually felt really nice not drinking because I thought, "Oh, I can see the stage that you guys have got to that would be keeping me awake all night with anxiety." And I'm not going to have that. So that makes me feel really good. I also forgot what happens when you go out and you're a sober person with people who are drinking, which is at about 10, 30, 11 ish. They start telling you how cool and intimidating you are. Don't think you are cool and intimidating. I think this is a general thing that happens. I think it's because you're not drunk and they are drunk. So you then get the round of everyone going to the loo and whoever's left will go, I have to have fun. She's very cool and intimidating. And you're like, okay. Yeah. Is it because you're always the one drinking? I just never go to a pub. I just never go out. That's the problem. And then, they, then they'd go to the loo and someone else would come back and they'd be like, I just have to tell you. I think it's very cool. I find it kind of intimidating. You're like, yeah. <laughs> it's just because I'm sober love and you're and you're drinking that's what's intimidating and then so I dropped everyone home 
I had to do a quick because it was one girl's first night out since having her six month old who is um, her third, her fourth baby and is basically uh, like her little sidekick. She's the cutest little girl and she's always on her hip. And it was her first night out without her. We were in a pub, no reception. And then eventually the landlady comes up and goes, I think I've got your husband on the phone. And he's like, she has not stopped screaming for three hours since you left. So I drove her home first and she's she like, I'll be fine. I'm just going to. I'm going to breastfeed her and she's going to straight to sleep. I was like, yes, she is. <laughs> yes, she is. She is going to be out. Um, And then, so I did that. Then I went back, dropped someone else home. Then dropping my mum BFF home, who was the one who said, I, I don't know what the end of the sentence is. She, we stopped because I saw a hedgehog in the road and I used to see hedgehogs all the time when I was little and I have not seen one since I've moved I've seen a ton of badgers which could explain why I have not seen any hedgehogs um anyway I was, I was like oh look it's a hedgehog and we, I stopped the car and then I was like oh, I'm with a drunk person because we were just staring at it and I was like oh this must be flipping her lid she's like there's some internal questions going on in there anyway I was about to get out to go and pick the hedgehog up and she went no I'm gonna go I'm gonna pick it up anyway she leaps out the car and I was like dude they're covered in fleas you need something to pick it up so she's like I've got an umbrella I was like I don't think that's gonna work (laughs) she's going I'm gonna take your map I was like okay take the map Sorry, just, sorry, I mean, sorry, was, sorry, sorry, sorry. You have a map. I haven't. This is how long I've been with fucking direct line for. I am. I've been driving that car and insured with direct line for so long that I have a road map in there from when you didn't used to get maps on your phone. Wow. Fuck you. Um. Anyway, obviously the hedgehog is on the floor. She's got this map open that she's going to put around but she's drunk, right? So there's a lot of like bending over, bit of wobbling, missing the hedgehog. Hedgehog senses a threat. Shitting itself at this point, oh what the fuck? Senses a threat and goes into a ball. This will only make it harder for drunk women to pick up hedgehog with the map. So there's a few false starts. She, but she's also drunk enough that she can't really straighten up. So she half straightens, you know, she cut without picking the hedgehog up like this. So she just sort of hobbles over to the side of the road. It was amazing. Uh, and so, yeah, that was lovely. Dropped her off, had a nice chat. She's like, I'm going to go and make myself a bacon sandwich. I was like, okay, as is your right uh, at one o'clock in the morning. Anyway, so I was having a lovely time. Then the police came. How's how's your week been? Uneventful compared to mine, Gemma Bray. I feel like something exciting has happened, but I can't remember what. You were wearing a red lip the other day. Yeah. What was it? Buying makeup without me again. Max Factor. Yeah. And it's like, you put it on. Yeah. And then you get like another thing. I'll put that on top. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. My mum uses it. doesn't move. Yeah. Because that's why I hate about lipstick, the fact that you have to constantly keep reapplying it. I took my mum to Blue Water last night on a day out. That was nice. That's nice. What do you do? Um, we I took all the three children and my mum to Blue Water for a trip out. It's because it's always really quiet in the evenings at like 5 p.m. Is it? Yeah, really quiet in the week. Is it? Yeah. Because that's the opposite of Stratford. West Westfield, yeah. No, it's I always find if you go after school, really quiet. That's so weird because after school it's like No. Um so we wandered around there and because it was nice and quiet, it was quite chill. And they keep me I I don't know if this is a thing, but it's always been a thing for me. Like when you go to super, like shops and it's bright lights, mm. I find it it makes me feel anxious, feel very overwhelmed. Yeah. But I, I like blue water at that time because they don't have bright lights. 
it's yeah, all so they did it all. slowly lit. Slowly yeah. lit. Yeah, that's, and loads of people, I remember uh, lots of my friends hate Westfield and I don't particularly like it, but it's useful. But at Christmas in the evening, it's like my dream because they've got twinkly lights on. Mm. There's lots of fairy lights and low lighting. And I'm like, that's, if you could have this all year round, that would work for me. That's what I did. I um my I love outdoor Christmas lights, but because we're in a cost of living crisis, I was like, I can't really justify having all of the Christmas lights on, like draining the electricity fund. <laughs> so I bought some. Um, I've not put them up yet, but they look extremely promising. Solar fairy lights. I've got ninety-seven foot of the fuckers. <laughs> Are they? Is there going to be enough solar to power them? Yeah, so it comes with like this quite a big panel yeah. that you stake and then wherever that gets going to get the most sun. And then it's like a really thin but long, 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 long cable. And then the lights start. So my plan is to wrap it around this tree that we've got. Yeah. Um, and then and then I won't then I won't be in that situation where Mike's like, can't put Christmas tree lights on. You know, the Christmas outside lights on because of the cost of living crisis. It'd be like, no, the sun is doing it for us. That's good. Where did you get them from for any laundrettes that might need to? Amazon. <laughs> Amazon. Well, it's good to know. There is. There is good to know. Um, and, oh, I, I got this. I went, I went to Blue Water. Yeah, you're looking. They'll this stand up. It's so stand up for us. comfortable. It's, a, so it's about it's... Uh, ooh, six months ago. Off air, Gemma Bray said to me, it's only black from now on. I don't know why I bother wearing anything else. Now, I would say that's white. Is that it's white? a cream. It's, it's cream. It's a, it's a cream. Um, I feel like I'm in a 1980s movie about to go skiing. It's 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 from Mark's... Very cool. That would be covered if I had it. It's from MS Rosie Huntingdon. Whiteley. Her lounge set. It should do it in the back. No, I just checked. So, I, so we went in because my mom was like, "I want to go to Emmerness because I want to get something that's gonna." My mom's exact words were that I can put on when I'm in the house in the day that makes it look like I've got dressed, but I still feel like I'm in my pajamas. I'm like, "Mom, what you need is a sweaty Betty Gary." And she's yeah, but like, also, oh. don't we all? Don't we all? That's like. So we went to Emmerness, and she was looking. She got this like really lovely blue, long. um hoodie thing mm. and I just looked and there was this whole section of this sort of stuff and I was like a moth at the flame I was just like I need this I need it it looks lovely it's very comfy but to your point I I have to go and check on the chickens in a bit and I'm like I'm gonna have to like I can't wear this because it's like a quagmire down there I got all, oh, like, all the splash back from the mud. I won't be able to take it dog walking. I have a tale to tell. This is the exciting thing. I've just remembered it. Okay. It's not exciting. It's more of a, what would you do? Okay. Which I'm exciting to... loungewear. Which I'm going to extend out to the laundress. Okay. So as of many, as of many of my tales begin, I was at spin. Right. <laughs> yeah. And spin had ended this was last Thursday so a week ago spin had ended and um it was a particularly tough session so we're all leaving and I am behind a man who 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 I will describe as older so he was probably a 60 odd I'd say okay and he's he always goes however he had a funny turn so he's above so they really helpfully put the spin studio in the basement so after almost killing but no one could hear the woo well yeah yeah. (laughs) and then you had to climb up three flights of stairs essentially to get out of the building and he was on the second flight so he'd done a turn got up turn and i was behind him like three steps behind him and he just started falling backwards like this so I caught him. Right, an instinct. Oh, you were going to. I can never tell with you whether you're going to catch him or you're going to go. I don't like touching people. Well, we were both very sweaty. We just been to spin, 
right? But my instinct was to catch him. And as I caught him, we sort of, I lent him towards the wall because he was still limp and he was still conscious, but you could tell that he was fainting, right? I was like, oh my God, oh my God. So I start shouting the instructor who's downstairs in the spin studio, but because he's just about to start another class, his music's still going. Do, 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 do. And I'm What's like, he called? Hey. Huh? What's he called? Sam. I just like, the th I like to know. I'm like, Sam, Sam. And this guy's going, I'm all right, I'm all right. I'm like, you're not all right. I need, I, I, I at this point, I, lit I had his whole not weight. all right, I'm cuddling you. I had his whole weight. Right. Yeah. So then he sort of he, he rallied and sort of got one, two steps, did exactly the same thing again. So I'm like, OK, Sam, Sam. And then this guy clearly embarrassed. I understand that. I understand that. And, and most people, when they're embarrassed, get defensive. Right. And he just sort of went, oh, went I'm OK. Like that. And then this other man. And I'm still like, I thought, and I and I was, I said, this man came behind me. I was like, is he all right? I said, if I let go of him, he's going to fall down the stairs. And, but this guy's going, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. And I was just like, whatever at this point, like, <laughs> whatever. And he sort of got himself upright. And this dude is like, oh, I know him. I'll take him to the um, change rooms. But this okay. guy stomped off, right? And this, the other guy, the guy that came to help, I said, I feel like I really offended him by catching him. He acted like I'd done something awful, yeah. like, like I'd done something really bad. Um, and he was like, no, no, he's fine. Um, I'll go and make sure he's okay. I was like, right, okay. So then I went to the reception because I thought I'd better report, I'd better report this. Oh, you're such a spot. I know. And also I was going to say, I love the flip side of this. I love, I love that. Is this the truth? Or is there a man somewhere who's like, he's walking up the stairs after spin and this strange woman kept cuddling me from behind. Well, this is the thing. I'm like, he was fainting, wasn't he? Like, you know, when you like second guess yourself. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm really happy that that man was behind me and witnessed it, right? Yeah. It, anyway, so went was it? It's body gem. Off she yeah. went. So I went to <laughs> I went to reception and I said, this has happened. Um, she's like, okay, yeah, we know who that is. Um, it happens quite it's regularly. Cereal. Oh, it's a serial faller. Yeah, we know it happens quite regularly. Um, I'll go and get someone to check on him. And I sort of, it, 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 I know this sounds really pathetic, but it really shook me up. Because uh, I, it is... I was worried for him and I was like, shit, yeah. this, this man's really ill. But then also I was like, how fucking do that's fucking love you. <laughs> and then awkward, let me finish, mate. And then the awkward thing is I went to spin on Tuesday and I said to Mike, I hope he's not because I'm like, this is orcs. I walked into what I thought was an empty spin studio, and he just popped out of nowhere from the corner, out of the darkness he appeared. So what did I do? What any self-respecting English person did. Just pretend he wasn't there. Yeah, good, good, good. <laughs> just that. He's English too. Did he pretend you weren't there? Yeah. Oh, good. It's good that everybody understood their roles. But but what it is really weird because unless you work in like customer facing or like retail stuff, we don't interact with people that you don't know. No, really. You might speak to people on the phone for work, but they're not going to fall on you and shout at you. Do you know what I mean? Is that really weird thing of like when you've had that sort of interaction with someone, it can make you really shocked because you're like, what just happened? Did, did someone just, but then was I actually just grabbing him from behind? <laughs> and you, because you don't have that. Whereas I think if you work in like retail or something, you're going to be like, oh, and then yeah. I went, I picked the kids up from my mum and dad's afterwards and I walked straight in and started washing hands. I was like, what are you doing? I said, I just caught a really sweaty man on the stairs. She's like, what? And I was like, very odd. And I'm just washing my hands. She's like, why are you washing your hands? I was like, because he was very sweaty. <laughs> I just, I wish there was CCTV. There will be, there will, there will be 
there will be CCTV of this, but um, that just reminded me of something and I can't remember what it was. It was, a, it was, oh shit, this is, this is like, say what you said. Is there CCTV? No, uh, prior. Uh, if you're, unless you're retail facing or customer facing, you don't see people ah, being. Yeah, got it. So I am a first aider. So like. Oh, don't. I had that the other day. I mean, I haven't been trained for 10 years. Yeah. But I was somewhere and someone fell over and smashed their face open. And he was old. It was awful. He was anybody a first aider and you were like. And, well, no, they were like, we need the first aider. And I was in a shop. So they have their first aiders. Yes. But it stop you from being like. I'm one. I'm one. <laughs> I, I volunteer as tribute. I volunteer. I don't know what I'm doing anymore. It's all changed. But I am a first aider. Um, yeah. So I just I think I was fresh off my first aid course. Um, this is like probably about three years ago four years ago and this what i was coming out of waitrose in seven x anyone a fellow any fellow seven knock-ins you will know where i mean and this woman just walked out um older lady into the road <gasps> and luckily the um jump there's a junction there so cars can't really go fast but a car bumped her and she was on the floor oh and the car, the driver so someone so the driver gets out and I'm looking around thinking there's no other first aider stepping up here. It's it's me. So I'm, I'm I go over, do my bit, don't move her, make carry on talking to her while the other people phone the ambulance. I am kneeling on the road, it's summer, right? Yeah. And um she's sort of going in and out of consciousness. I think she broke a hip, she ended up she broken a hip basically. But we didn't notice at the time. Anyway, the ambulance turns <laughs> and I get up. And you know you get those marks on your skin when kneeling, but my basically my whole of my legs just were like look like the tarmac pattern. And the paramedic, we did our hand everything, went bloody seven oaks. I went, what? He went, how come nobody in this town uses the zebra crossings? He's like the number. He said seven oaks. There's a really high proportion of people like that get this type of like not run over at speed but like just walk walk into the high street he's like you have plenty he's shouting at me you have plenty of crossings i'm like why now i'm just doing my first aider job yeah oh i don't like when i first when i'd done my you know how you have to if you if you're the first aider in an office you have to do your refresher course every two years and I just done my refresher course and a drunk guy was unconscious in the road. Um, and he'd obviously fallen off the curb in London, hit his head and no one was doing anything. And what I found really annoying was that I was like, shit, no one's doing anything. I'm going to have to do something. So I go over and, you know, you get you have to talk to them if they're unconscious. So I was like, hello, can you hear me? Oh. Which Joe found hilarious. Why? Because he finds that sort of thing hilarious, me having to do stuff, interact with people generally. But the fact that I was having to say, are you, are you, are you, um, have you been drinking? I mean, I was drunk just from smelling his breath. He's holding a bottle of vodka. But I had to ask, have you been drinking? Nothing. He's unconscious. But. <laughs> Me doing that, and I said to Joe, "You need to go to a shop. That, like someone call an ambulance. You need to go to a shop and see if they'll give you some bandages because he's got a head thing, and I just need to hold something onto it." And then about three men were like, "Oh no, back off! You shouldn't touch him. Back off! Back off!" Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, "You fuckers! You wouldn't be doing this if I was a boy." Why didn't they want you to touch him? Oh no, you shouldn't touch them until the paramedics get here. And I was like, and Joe was like, she's a first aider. And they were like, no, no, she shouldn't be touching him. And I was like, oh, it's just fucking London men. No, Don't like what I'm doing. I, I can't remember because it was so long ago. I was too busy going. You, you, you hear me slamming his clavicle? You say, you say to them, hello, my name is, I'm a first yeah, aider. I said, hi. I said to her, him, hi, my name's Corinna. I'm a first aider. Can you hear me? Yeah. Nothing. Have you been drinking? 
nothing. I mean, literally, what's the point of having first aid? Yes, but then other men from the pavement came and stood over me. Oh, you shouldn't be touching him. Oh, you have to wait for the ambulance. And Joe was like, she's a first aider. No, no, you shouldn't. She shouldn't be touching him. Did I ever tell you about that guy who fell through my hedge? No. Right. Sounds good. So when we first moved to Seven Eights, we lived in a house that was very close to a pub. Yeah. We were like in a row of, we were the end row of terrace houses. And there was like a lay-by that there was the pub and then there was a lay-by and then there was a proper road. But lots of people thought that the lay-by that our house was on, it was like a private road, was a through road. It wasn't a through road. Okay. Right. Yeah. So it's the middle of the day and this guy, man mountain right i see him stumbling down the lay-by bit yeah and just stops at the end realizes through the end house realizes it wasn't a through road yeah. turned round because i was watching mm. him move, but yeah. was so drunk that he just carries on spinning and then oh. starts swaying and then just falls backwards through my hedge so his mm. head and his body were in my front garden and his feet and legs were on the pavement, right? Oh but he'd also managed to fall across my path. So I couldn't get out of my house, right? And it's about half past two, so getting close to school pickup. So I couldn't really open my door either. Because he was like, when I say he was probably about seven foot and also mm. big, right? and this is important for the story so I've got my head out of the window going hello can you hear me completely unconscious he's knocked himself out he'd fallen like right Mm. didn't put his arms out or anything he was that drunk so Mike was in Bournemouth Mike wasn't there so I was like I'm gonna have to phone someone so I phoned 999 and I was like this has happened who do I need (laughs) you tell me the emergency service that I need about half an hour later, this is what turned up in my lay-by. Two ambulances, a police van, and two fire engines, right? And I've actually got pictures. I've actually got pictures of like every single member of the emergency service just all looking at this guy like this. <laughs> just all standing over him, having a look. It took eight men to lift this guy up. Eight men. So I went off to the school and came back. They were still there. Right, ambulance then, the ambulance's job, right? So 5 p.m., guy's sober. What do they do? Let him walk home. You oh. just see him like this, walking home, right? Anyway, the policeman comes, knocks on my door and goes, um, turns out that um, he, um, he'd just been let out of prison. <laughs> well, you really couldn't make this up. he just been let out of prison. He went to the pub to celebrate. And he got a little bit too celebratory. I ended up passed out in my... But I was so scared. It was the weirdest day. And like, you know, when you go through your, you you go through your phone and um you're like, oh, I'll I'll delete that, I'll delete that, I'll delete that. And these photos I'll never delete. <laughs> Need those. That's I suppose you don't drink in prison. Well, well, no, and but I, I but remember also if you could drink ten points before you went in, you probably think you can drink ten points when you get out. Yeah, but it was just that I was like, I need, I couldn't get out my house. There was no, we didn't really have a back door really. Man, there's a man mountain passed out. I needed to get my kids. I know that I needed to phone someone. And that's what's a- so difficult. Is it's like who do you call? So it's like nine nine nine. What emergency service do you require? I don't know. This is what's happening. And the, the woman wants to be like, I'll just send it on. Yeah. And it turns out that was probably a wise thing as you needed eight men to lift him. They were flummoxed. There's no other word to describe. They were like, how can we physically move this person? Have um a friend of mine is an ex-paramedic. And she is this sort of She's great because she's no nonsense. You can see why she was a good paramedic because I had to deal with them a lot with my alcoholic father-in-law. 
And she has that sort of no-nonsense Midlands air about her. But she is stunning. She's like this petite, beautiful little thing. And then her paramedic Bessie is even petiter and beautiful. And I was like, what are you two beauties doing going into, like... I published a book on for, by, by an ambulance driver. And the stories in there are just horrendous. Uh, and I was like, why are these lovely little dainty, beautiful things going into those horrible situations with like alcoholics who've shot themselves? And it's such an unpleasant job. I don't know how people in emergency services do it, but you're like, got a man mountain. He's pissed. He's massive. He was aggressive. Like he's massive, but also dealing with other people's bodies is not. I always think, um, you know, when you go past chemists and they have, uh, they'll do old people's feet because old people cut their toenails. Just dealing with other people's bodies, and I say that as someone who deals with other people's bodies. I yeah, I'm me. Like, I'm like, but I'm like, I can, I can give me a birthing woman anytime. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But birthing women most of the time have put a lot of thought into there are going to be people I don't know looking at my vajayjay, and I need it to be okay down there. And it's the same. People who come for facials are often people who have thought about it beforehand and have been a bit anxious. But the stuff you hear about for emergency service workers with just, you don't know what this massive man mountains, has he shat himself as he's passed out? What I will say is, is, is Thomas oh. used to want to be a paramedic until he realised that there was blood involved. <laughs> Blood's the least of your worries. My that, friend... I, used to want to be the, I used to want to be a vet, but I, I, I said, but I'm going to have to have a sign that says, absolutely no snakes or spiders at my veterinary service. Oh, no, I would want to be a vet. I wanted to be a piercer, but um, I didn't want to do below the waist. Mm. Oh, that's another uh, story um, I'll tell before we go. So I went to take Rocky for his final vaccinations and um, the lady goes, and we do have Milo's ashes here for you. So I was like, okay, I'm, I'm ready. I can do this. I can do this. I've got Rocky under my arm. I'm like, come on, Rocks, we can do this. And he's like, ah. <laughs> anyway, she comes down and I swear to God, she was doing this on purpose, right? So she comes up with this box and she goes, yes. <laughs> you know, she was like, okay, little man, are you ready for your tri- final trip home? Oh. So I went, okay, can you please stop? Come try not to cry. So she was like, oh, I'm so sorry. Okay. Safe trip, little man. Safe trip. And then she's going to Rocky. Are you healing her heart? Are you healing her heart? Like that. I'm like, I'm going now. Bye-bye. Do you know what they have? Not in all, like the vets that I go to is, it's got three locations. And in one of them, not the one I go to, I go to the one for people who are dead inside, obviously. But in one of them, they have a candle and it has a sign next to it. And it says, if this candle is lit, it means someone is saying, a very difficult farewell and we'd appreciate your um you know silence and thoughtfulness or whatever and literally anytime i've had to go in there i like side-eyed the candle because i'm not i can't have you seen that t- there's a tiktok that's like um like a skit where a woman goes in the vets and it says when you go to the vets just to pick up like flea stuff or whatever and the person in front of you has their pet has been put to sleep and they're obviously paying because obviously you have to pay for it, don't you? And um, like, and the, and this is what we're just crying and crying. And the and the research is like, I'll be um, please. And the woman's paying, and then like there's the other woman behind her, like, oh, this is brutal. Whilst this woman's just like in tears, <laughs> my friend's married to a sheep farmer, and basically he doesn't pay vet bills. Uh. And so I just remember her being like, don't look old, dog, because you know what will happen. And he takes them outside and gives them the steak for supper and then shoots them in the head. 
but he does it for his working dogs and her pet dogs. Is that legal? Yeah. Is it? I think so. If you own a shotgun and it's your dog and the dog's old, he wouldn't do it to a well dog, but he's like, I'm not paying a oh. couple of hundred quid for someone to put my dog down. I couldn't handle a, have a candle in the... Well, that was the thing. I was like, every I literally, whenever I'm there, because I usually go to the other one, but you know how sometimes you have to have, oh, come back tomorrow for the stitches to be checked or come back tomorrow. Blah, blah. Then it'll be like, but he'll be at the Alton practice. And then I sit there, stare, and they'll have to be like, Mrs. Harrod, Mrs. Harrod, Mrs. Harrod. And I'm like staring at this candle. I think yes. that if I had to go there for one of my dogs to be put down, I'd literally be like, have they, have they, lit, have they, have they lit the candle? I don't want them to. That's fair. If, also, for me, I'm like, you don't really want people to know either. Like I, like, I remember when we did it with Milo, I, I went with Mike and I just walked out. I was like, I can't, I can't. Yeah. I, I don't want to be crying in a reception full of people because everyone will stare. So I'm going to leave and you're going to pay. And he's like, right. So I, I would hate to have, it was almost like a big flashing sign. Like, yeah, 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 exactly. Sympathy for this woman, sympathy. Yeah. That's the worst thing someone comes up to you and touches them, I'm really sorry then that's game over for me. Oh, yeah. So I came back with these ashes, brought it back, and I just put him on the kitchen table. And I was just like, well, what am I going to do, you know? Yeah. What am I going to do? So Tom um, was off school because he had a bad headache. He comes down, I'm in, at this point, reasonably dehydrated because I've been crying that much. <laughs> and, and he goes, you, you okay? I was like, that's Milo, huh? What am I going to do? <laughs> And he's like, should we scatter him? I was like, no, it's cold. Can't leave him outside, it's winter. And he's like, okay, mum, what are we going to do? I said, so I've got this plan. He's like, what is it? I'm going to buy a pot that looks like a cat with a lid. And he was like, right. I said, I'm going to put the ashes still in the ash pot. I'm not going to tip them out. Right. Um, and we're just going to put it in the cat pot. He said, do these even exist? I was like, they have to somewhere in the world. I said, and we'll just put him on the shelf. And that's where he can live. When Eddie dies... Oh, I can't even think and about then when die, You're going to end up with like a row of pots for your kids to deal with. And then if you're not careful, I'll get a Gemma Bray pot made and you'll go in there with the pets. And then Ben goes last night, can I see Milo? And I was like, I'm not sure we should open them, maybe. And he was like, I'd like to see him. I'm like, well, I'm not sure that's for the best. And he's like, I really would. I'm like, okay, fine. So we like gingerly opened this pot and we're both looking in it. And I'm like, right and the friend goes well that's sad isn't it and I'm like yeah <laughs> and I'm thinking what the fuck is happening and then we close the lid and Meg goes right night then <laughs> say what you're describing now is basically what my entire life is like where I've just got like a pot of animal ashes with people looking at it on one side the like something else falling apart on the other side. The police are here constantly about legal letters flying everywhere. I'm like, this is exactly <laughs> what it, oh. I think it should be sprinkled in the where he used to go and get the baby bunnies. Well, I did think that, but you know, I don't. When my horse, you'll be cold. And you didn't like being cold. He's he's been very 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 hot, so maybe a bit of a breeze would do him good. <laughs> no, I'm not doing that. I couldn't bring myself to it because it'd be like that. It, it when, be... when my horse got put down, that is, I, I stupidly didn't. I didn't want him to have a bolt gun, even though that's how I usually. Anyway, so I has give, made them give him an injection that takes longer. Anyway. He, my horse was massive, massive. And if horses have been hunted, you can send them to the hounds. Oh, sorry. Be... Horses have been what? Hunted. What does and that mean? If they go hunting, they used to go hunting. Oh, I see. Right, okay. I thought it was just a different term for like putting horses. No, they used to, so you can send them to be eaten by the hounds, but if... They've had an why? what disposes of the no body. no I know why but like why only if they've been hunted well I think I think probably that the hunt will accept anything but 
it's like a it's oh, like see. a noble tradition I see right okay but you can't do that if they've had the lethal injection anyway so my horse got cremated uh and <laughs> we just a my the plate woman who where I kept him phoned me up and was like I've got the ashes here massive box yeah I was gonna say anyway and we were like what are we gonna do with this and so I was like right it's got to go where we sprinkle daddy's ashes it's got to go with daddy it's daddy's horse got to go got to go with daddy now we had this rather irreverent uh bicker where we got married called Phil Collins <laughs> who found life so incredibly awkward that he would laugh all the time about really like we did we had to go to the pre-marriage counseling day uh, yeah which i hated but joe loved did they joe talk loved. to you about like sex no um i would have left they might have done i'd uh, not for me thanks um but joe they said right so he said right so let's talk about what causes arguments in your family what causes and joe said um alcohol because his dad was a raging alcoholic and Phil goes, not enough of it. <laughs> like, oh, Phil. Anyway, we decide that we want to sprinkle the horse with my dad, but obviously some people would find this difficult in a churchyard. Oh, okay. So basically my mum just tells Phil what she's doing. She's like, we're going to sprinkle the horse with Richard. Would you like, he was like, oh, oh okay. Phil comes to say a few words. So it's a picture it. It's like March, six o'clock in the evening, because we've gone when nobody's going to be there. Phil comes, says a few words. My mum makes them have a glass of champagne. We're standing around the back of the back of the churchyard. It's having to take it in turns because my arms are going to fall off, scattering this horse's ashes over where my dad was, but now it's just nettles. With oh. my mum, like, pl plying the vicar with champagne whilst I'm like, well, we said a few words about 20 minutes ago. There's still some of the horse left. Like, when it was I, like... When I had our, um, with my, with my ex-husband, I didn't get married to the church the second time around. Quick in and out operation. I thought you were going to say when you were scattering his ashes and I thought we were going <laughs> No, so we went and it was literally like a scene from Four Weddings and a Funeral. So we, 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 we a village church... We went to the vicarage. The vicar's wife brought out fondant fancies on a special like tray tea. And the vicar sits there, cool as you like. Okay. With the talk, blah, blah. And of course, um, anything goes sexually in a marriage as long as it's consensual. Well, <laughs> my, I wanted to shrivel up inside. The room suddenly became very hot. There was like a grandfather clock that was ticking and we was like a floral sofa and like, and I was like, what? <laughs> and he went, anything goes as long as it's essential. And he actually went, anything. And I'm thinking, okay, is this an invitation? Is this an invitation? And like, we were out of there so fucking fast. We're like, well, you vicar, see you in the church. <laughs> lovely. It's been lovely. Oh my God. I yeah, was it just you guys? Oh no, we had to go to one with just our vicar, but also we had to go to like a group one with loads of people. We had like colored pens. We had to, oh, draw, no. a no. we had to draw a timeline of our life, right? <laughs> Joe had this beautiful illustrated multicolored timeline. Like my mum died. How did you feel? A bit sad, like, but oh. with flowers around it. And I just had a black pen and it would be like school, hate, university, hate, job, actively dislike. Uh, everything was in black and Joe was like I think this sums up our marriage really well <laughs> positive colors really enjoyed the exercise have pen all over my face like I'm at Montessori and you're just like black hatred and death what's been your positive of the week my positive of the week has been my sister and her fabulous ways um because yeah I don't know I I'm quite um I just think I'm quite tough and I yeah as I said I, I deal with stuff I, I just automatically quite like to deal with stuff by myself um so no one really has stepped in like that for me before in that way and I appreciated it and didn't know that I needed it what's your positive of the week Gemma Bray 
Is it your loungewear? It is, yeah. That's my new loungewear. <laughs> I keep looking at it being like, I thought it was in black. You know, like when in the 80s when you used to get dressed up to go on a plane? Oh, yeah, that is that. That is that. In it? It is, in it. You like, are flying. What I need is like a necklace outside of it, like this, to prop yeah. an 80s it up, big chunky earrings and like a big bag. And yeah. then be transported to the 80s. Also, this weekend, I am going to watch The Holiday because it is my favourite Christmas film. I've never seen it. My favourite Christmas film is, I really like Holiday Inn. So I recommend you watch that. What? Holiday Inn. The Holiday Inn. Who's in it? Uh, Bing Crosby. Oh, no, it's old now. Oh, I don't like that old stuff. Oh, <laughs> new. No, I like I like the holiday and my and I love it because of the song, oh, not the song, the instrumental piece called Maestro by Hans Zimmer. Um, that's why I like it. And also, we've got Sky again for the first time in two years. So I'm literally watching it. Oh, we've got Sky again. Well, we didn't get it when we first moved in because all of our money was going on the house. Yeah, we just cancelled Sky for the first time in like. A long time. Well, we we coped really, really well without it, and then I saw that it had a Black Friday sale, and I was like, "Babe, it's our time." Right. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm watching Christmas films. Oh. I'm not the space gentlemen. We shall speak to you all next week. Speak of Bye bye. <laughs>